0: My name is Rebecca Thomas, and I am the founder of Not Another Diet, a program and now a podcast that teaches lasting weight loss. Today's subject is menopause. So if you have found yourself now in midlife and everything feels harder, right? Sleep is harder, It's harder to keep a healthy weight or you've gained weight and it feels, quote, unquote, stubborn. You might feel sluggish. There might be a bunch of other problems. And you are wondering, is menopause making me fat? That's going to be today's subject. And by the way, this is for men too. If you're a man, you will most likely live with a menopausal woman. But also, more importantly, this is a masterclass in how to figure out what's actually going wrong with your body versus what's being served up to you. Let's get into it. If you're a woman of a certain age, i.e. my age, which is 52 or anywhere around there, you already know what I'm about to tell you, which is that menopause is the hot topic. It's everywhere. It's on social media. People are talking about it. Friends are talking about it. And, you know, for like a hot second, I was so hopeful this was going to be the beginning of a real discussion about women's health, specifically women's health going into midlife and how we could best support our health. Did we get the nuanced discussion and and studies and information that we so desperately need? No, (laughs) no. Here's what we got. Menopause shampoos, menopause gummies, menopause meal plans, which by the way, are just another element of diet culture. If you are wondering if something is a diet, please go back to episode two. I pretty clearly lay it out and menopause in and of itself does not require specific meal plans. Having said that, let's get back to what we've actually been offered. You know, I get targeted on social media too, and I hesitate to look at these things because I hate giving it even one second of credence, but I have to do that for work. And what I get are menopause belly, where they show you these graphics of fat, you know, it's just... It's really horrifying. I mean, you might as well sell me menopause shoes or maybe menopause watches. I don't really know. Because to me, it's essentially all of the same thing. It's gotten to the point where we have stigmatized or we have allowed advertisers and or health professionals to stigmatize menopause to the point where if you actually put in is menopause into Google, you know how it fills in the questions. In this particular case, it fills in a question, is menopause a disease? A disease, (laughs) a disease. I'm offended by this, and I'm not mad at other women for Googling this, because to me, this is just the end product of being endlessly marketed total nonsense about fixing menopause in and of itself, which is a legitimate life stage that needs support, yes, needs understanding, yes, needs clarity? Yes. It is not, however, a disease that needs fixing. And that's a really important distinction because if what you're trying to do is fix menopause, then you will endlessly run into non-solutions. It's very much like diet culture. In fact, I I think of a lot of these things as an extension of diet culture, and I'll get into that a little bit further. But I want to talk specifically about menopause and weight gain. Because there's a ton, there's a ton of misinformation out there to the point where it's hard sometimes. You know, I I mountain bike with a group of really fabulous women who are all in some stage of midlife. I'm a little bit on the older side, but not the oldest by far. And a constant refrain I hear is that menopause is making them gain weight. And today, I want to dig into whether or not that's even true, like, is this really a thing? Is menopause the culprit for midlife weight gain? Let's get into it. So last year there was this amazing uh, article, I know I say this all the time, amazing article, but it was actually predicated on an amazing study. So really what I should be saying is an amazing study. And it was not a study done on women in midlife per se, but boy, does it apply to them. It was a study about metabolism, that very thing, that foundational thing that we think is damaged by menopause, right? It was a study done on what the declines of metabolism are over a lifetime. So from childhood to 60 and beyond, and that certainly covers women in midlife. And the name of the article, which I'll link to in the show notes, is What we think we know about metabolism is wrong. Now, this went in and out of the news cycle very quickly because it challenges almost everything we think we know. There are menopause health plans and health coaches and all kinds of things, all kinds of products that are sold to uh, specifically women in midlife under the banner of you need special care for your metabolism during midlife. And what I want to do is highlight the big features of this study, the meat and the potatoes (laughs) of this study. And it goes like this central to their findings. And this, this is the findings of the study was that metabolism differs for all people across four distinct stages of life. There's infancy up until age one, when calorie burning is at its peak, right? So we, we accelerating until it's 50% above the adult rate. So that makes sense. Kids are growing. Then from age one to about age 20, metabolism gradually slows by about 3% a year, 3%. Okay. Not 20, not 40%, (laughs) 3%. From age 20 to 60, it holds steady. Let's talk about that for a second. And then there's, there's after 60 where it declines point seven percent a year 20 to 60 which invariably covers perimenopause and menopause metabolism holds steady and this is the defining feature this is the thing this is the bombshell that should have ricocheted through if there was a just world um, when it came to health in the media or frankly, health and companies, this is the thing that should have been an atomic bomb to all of these specialized programs for women in midlife as it relates to menopause. Because (laughs) what it tells us is that metabolism or the slowing of metabolism are very distinct from the processes of menopause. It's not to say menopause doesn't exist. I am a menopausal woman. I would not tell you that menopause doesn't exist. It definitely exists. And I'll get into without, hopefully without TMI or an oversharing, um, some of the ways it's, in which it's affected me and how I think about menopause separate, very separately from weight management, weight care, weight loss, which if you know my work, you know that I think of all those things as being exactly the same thing, which they are. The last quote from this article that I'm pulled out to tell you is, once the researchers controlled for body size and the amount of muscle people have, they also found no differences between men and women. Boom. Boom, shakalaka boom. I delight in this because, one, (laughs) it dovetails so neatly with my approach, which is not to penalize your body, not to constantly think of your body as something going wrong or your body is wrong. Not to say that menopause doesn't bring challenges. That's not what I'm saying. But what we tend to do is make two assumptions that this study directly, directly challenges. One, that women gain weight faster than men. Not true. Women do have more body weight across a population, but that is not correlated with problems in metabolism or slow metabolisms or faulty metabolisms. And the other one is that menopause is is somehow this horrible condition in life that directly puts weight on. And th- there is pretty clear evidence that that is not the case. I'm also living proof of that, which I understand that's a party of one, but I'll get into that a little bit too, because at this point I've worked for three years now with menopausal women. So I have a little bit better understanding than just of my own situation. What is true about menopause and weight gain is that when you do gain weight, and you might've noticed this, you get a little bit softer belly, your body changes, right? I have this too. When you do gain weight, you gain weight differently. And that is true. That is a hormonal issue. I'm not sure that it can be fixed. Uh, there's some good evidence that weight training can combat that. So, you know, if that's an aesthetic concern to you, you can work on it in this particular way, but let's separate the two out for a moment. If you have a lot of weight gain around your abdomen, where the weight goes is affected by menopause, but the fact that you put the weight on is just simply weight gain. And so those two things are distinctly separate and One can be fixed by the other if you endeavor to lose weight in a safe, calm, sustainable way, you can reclaim your waistline. (laughs) For the most part, I have too. And by the way, you know, it happens to me too. Like I occasionally put on a little bit of weight, uh, you know, we're talking two to three pounds. If I've, I don't know, you know, sometimes hard exercise will do that because of the cortisol leap and then I'm hungry all the time or for a little bit I get exposed to a food that isn't really what I normally eat. I never let it get very far, but I can always tell it's happening because my stomach gets soft always. That's exactly what happens. The very first thing, this is menopause. This did not happen to me when I was a younger woman. It does happen to me. Now I don't think of this as something to fix or penalize my body for. I think of it as simply just, Oh, my practices are out of alignment, and I'm not eating the food that best supports my my weight and my health. Let me get back to those things. So the conclusion that you should make there is that correlation is not causation. The fact that both of those things happen simultaneously does not mean that one is even affected by the other or that one is causing the other. And to lump it all together, is a really problematic thing to do. It has you searching for the wrong solutions. I mean, if you think menopause is something that you need to medicate or banish or reverse or think of it as a disease, (laughs) is menopause a disease? You're looking to fix those things as opposed to the underlying issues that are causing your body to be out of alignment. And that is actually something that is well within your reach. That's, you know, and. I wanna inject a little bit of good news into this. The good news when you stop thinking about menopause as a horrible life affliction is that you can make real progress on it. This means that there are active concrete steps you can take to help your body through this very normal and sometimes challenging, but also liberating stage of life. Having said all that, I do think that menopause can be a very challenging time of life for women. And I would like to posit a theory to you about what I think is actually happening. Now, this is Rebecca's theory of everything, and I pull from life experience, I pull from the constant reading that I do, and I'm making some leaps in thinking. But that's why I'm calling it a theory and not a fact. And I want to share with you what I think is actually happening. What I think is happening is that this is cumulative damage. So there's a realm in which we can look at to sort of get an idea of what I mean by cumulative. When somebody is on the road to diabetes, which now there's so much... Information out there that's happening, and it's really exciting. Actually, um, talking about the the role of sugars in our lives and processing, and how that affects us metabolically, and all kinds of things. But if they are getting type two diabetes, they didn't start out one day <laughs> where one day their blood sugar was normal, and then you know the next day they have type two diabetes. This is a slow process with constant exposure to a difficult situation, which is that your body is constantly asked to process added sugars. That's really what's happening. You're taxing your system every day, every meal, each one. And the effect is cumulative. Eventually your body stops being able to handle that. I think something similar is happening when you get to menopause and so many things all of a sudden break down. I don't think it's a situation where anything was actually working all that great for you. And that's one of the questions that I ask women to ask themselves, which is really everything was going awesome. And then you got to menopause and, and it all broke down, or were you sort of holding it together and things weren't working all that well, but your body was able to resist some of these things, you know, you could sleep better. You didn't have quite the reaction to sugar. And then one day, it, it sort of accumulated on you. And I think if you take a moment to look at your life, you might see a little bit of clarity in what I'm offering, which is how have your practices accumulated? Have they accumulated in a positive way or in a negative way? Here's a quote from an article that I wrote a couple of years ago about, uh, entitled, Menopause is an Invitation. If you're used to your routine being good enough to get along, menopause or perimenopause will decidedly tell you it isn't enough. Have a good cry about it and read on. This isn't the end of things, it's the beginning of exploring and honoring what you need to thrive. And I would add to that, thrive now. I think midlife bodies. Um, especially mine, I don't know about yours, but but think on this for a moment. I think midlife bodies have gone through a lot, a lot, a lot of years of exposure to alcohol and problematic food and not enough sleep. And if you're a woman, this is one of the things that I've written about fairly extensively, you've given your time to everyone else and there has been very little time left over for you and you have tried to take care of yourself on the margins. You have tried... In the last 30 minutes of a day, you know, one of the things that I pride myself on with this program is I will tell you flat out, you cannot do this program on 15 minutes a day, right? You can't take care of yourself on 15 minutes a day. You should, you should bury that idea. Midlife is a wonderful time to acknowledge to yourself the amount of care you need is not correlating with the amount of care you're giving yourself. So I think of midlife as an opportunity and not some sort of sentence to live in a body that feels terrible. So here's what you can do about it. The first order of business is to reframe your thinking from my body is broken and betraying me (laughs) to my self care practices. Aren't supporting what I need to function well and this is a very important reframe this is a pivotal reframe because it takes it away from my body is it has somehow slipped away from me i think what is actually happening is that your body is showing you pretty clearly what needs to be attended to the question is whether or not you're going to listen now there are some things about menopause that need attention And the way that I like to describe it is there are symptoms within menopause that need attention. And I have linked some really good pieces that I'm not going to get into, but they give you an example. They're in the show notes and they give you an example of where there's a lot more research happening with menopause, where we need some help and some better answers with menopause. But you can go to the doctor now and get treatment for symptoms. And here's one in my own life. So the fluctuations in estrogen as it comes and goes, right? That's that can be really problematic. And for me, it resulted in waking up many times throughout the night to go to the bathroom. That really interferes with your sleep. And interfering with your sleep is interfering with your movement practice. It's interfering with your mood. (laughs) I consider sleep to be an essential weight care item. And I found out. Uh, I wish I could tell you I found out through my doctor, but mm, I found out through Instagram that you can take an estrogen supplement, a topical one, and fix this problem. And guess what? I went and got it, and it fixed it, and I sleep through the night. Boom. This is a really good example of how to think about what menopause is bringing into your life, and in this particular case, frequent urination. Now, there's more complex things um, about brain health that uh, I think are worth exploring. There's a wonderful article in the show notes that, about how dementia and menopause have been linked together. That's super interesting to me. I hope that they do a lot more research in this area. How can we support ourselves so that we don't get dementia so that the, the lack of hormones, you know, the lack of estrogen doesn't cause uh, dementia in our lives? Very important topic. <laughs> I would like to not get it. But you can see where I'm going with this, which is that thinking about the symptoms, menopause creates means that you can have some agency to get a, get help with each one of these symptoms that might be affecting your life. They might be causing brain fog or like going to the bathroom a lot. There's many of them out there. I'm by no means a clearinghouse of menopause symptoms. I'm just trying to give you an idea about what can go wrong and what you can do to fix it. But in terms of your self-care, There's some great questions you can ask yourself to evaluate whether or not menopause is the issue or your self-care practices need reevaluation. Number one, do you move every day? Be honest about that. I didn't ask you if you worked out. I'm asking you if you move every day. And if your answer is my life is too busy, my body doesn't feel good. I don't have time. I don't feel motivated. You are living in diet culture, modern life, the diet culture, modern life squeeze. And I will tell you that moving every day is an enormous part of self-care. It's certainly a part of my weight care, but also very important for my personal well-being. I don't think you can skip this. How's your sleep? How's your sleep? I have a whole module in my program about sleep. Why sleep is fundamental to a good life. And the idea that you are going into midlife and you have to give up your sleep. No, you do not have to give up your sleep. You actually need to take concrete steps to handle your sleep. If you have dogs in there, waking you up in the middle of the night, I don't know what's going on with your sleep. Maybe you're so stressed out from your life. Don't know. I don't know, but I know you have to sleep. Are you responsible for your household? Boom. I I could I could do a whole episode on this one, which by the way, I think correlates to women's weight gain over time. Women are over responsible and undernourished. <laughs> and I think that causes a lot of problems. If you are solely responsible for the functioning of the household, uh, I don't know how you're going to take good care of yourself. And I think you should rethink that. I think you should delegate and simplify. Number four, how's your alcohol intake affecting you? And notice I don't give you, a, a, um, an exact idea about whether or not you should be drinking or not. I don't know. I don't know. And in fact, even in my program, I make it an exploration. What I'm asking you to do is evaluate your own drinking. Is it interrupting your sleep? Is it causing you to miss your movement practice the next day? Is it generally contributing to your feelings of sadness? And that goes into number five, are you self-soothing with food? If you have not handled your difficult emotions, if you have not handled your big feelings, and maybe you have some feelings about midlife, I did. (laughs) I have feelings about my face changing and, you know, I don't know, society sort of looking at you differently. I have feelings about those things. But what I don't do with those feelings is eat a bunch of sugar i have learned how to self-soothe in a different way doesn't make me better by the way because i certainly spent a good bit of my life self-soothing with uh, food but i found my way out and you can too and the last one is is there added sugar in most of your meals if there is you are continually taxing your system and i do believe i do believe that there's going to be going to be a, a a pretty direct correlation to midlife weight gain and added sugars And one of the clearest ways that we know this is true is that uh, menopausal women and paramenopausal women are asking for Ozempic in droves. This is a diabetes medication. And the same things that cause diabetes, I think, my opinion, Rebecca's know-it-all opinion, is that those exact same things are contributing to midlife weight gain. And I also think you can handle them without going on these drugs it does require rethink a whole life rethinking but hey hey if now is not the time for you to rethink your life when when i think of menopause as i truly do think of menopause as an invitation and i want to tell you about my menopausal life this is the best i've ever felt ever in my whole life i don't actually remember feeling any better even maybe my, the way I describe it to friends is that I feel like I did as a, as a girl, you know, before I got my period. And when you go through the life, when you go through life without shame and with, with so much freedom in your body, that is how I feel now at menopause. And I think that's not an accident. It is a life transition, but I want to tell you that it's a life transition to something better. And what I have figured out is that it requires a lot more care of you and your body. Here's some other features, uh, for my own personal menopause, or I guess I'm postmenopausal now. I'm not really sure. My way to steady, has been for years. The dress I'm wearing for this podcast recording I bought 12 years ago. I bought it 12 years ago and I don't wear it all that much, (laughs) clearly, but if it's, if it still fits, um, and you know, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of it. I'm not proud to have lost weight. I don't really know that I think about it that way. I'm proud that my practices have done so much for me, including keeping my weight steady. I have clear thinking. My thinking is the clearest, sharpest, and crispest crispiest <laughs> crispest of my life um not sure that was a good example but you get the idea i sleep well most nights most nights and that is a huge part of my mood and well-being if you don't sleep well i don't know how to i don't know how to help you with menopause or your weight If you end up with anything out of this episode, and I hope one of them is that you stop thinking of menopause as a big problem, you should also understand that working on your sleep is is working on your weight, but more than that, it's a series of actions that you can take directly to help you sleep better, and you can't. It's not true that you go through your whole life and you just sacrifice sleep. That's not true. And. I, you know, I want to tell you, like, you can say, well, Rebecca, you did all those things and good for you, but that's you. Okay. But now I've gone three years with helping other women who are in sometimes more advanced stage of life than I am. All of whom thought that menopause was the, the, the terrible siege causing their problems and then found out that wasn't really the case, that their bodies responded to all of these practices just exactly the way that mine did. So I, you know... I don't know. I, I don't disregard when people say that they're having issues at menopause. I just want them to stop blaming their bodies. Diet culture has trained us like little lemmings Every time something goes wrong with our bodies, we blame ourselves. And especially as women, I think women are particularly guilty of this, where our first line of thought is, and you know, I still do it too. I still have these difficult thoughts, but then I have better thoughts, (laughs) which is what are the circumstances of my life that are causing this product or what are the circumstances of my life that are disrupting my sleep? Or what are the circumstances of my life that are causing me to feel sad? There's, those are really different approaches than um, showing up broken and asking various companies to fix you. You have really everything you need at your disposal, except good information about how to fix your own issue. And menopause is no different. So instead of asking, you know what uh, is wrong with me or fix my menopause i would like you to ask yourself what does my body need to thrive at this stage of life at this stage of life and we're not trying to recapture our youth this is a big part of how i present myself and um and and it's not an accident i don't dye my hair or i don't uh try to look younger I'm not trying to look older either I just i just want it to be okay i want it to be okay to be a woman in her 50s or 60s or 70s or 40s i want that to be an okay thing and i try to present that through my work and through my look and through the things that i say to you because i think acceptance is necessary at this stage of life i think it's okay for us to say that perhaps what we need is a rethinking of our lives at this stage. And if you're like me, you have less responsibility and a little more free time and a little more money in the bank. And I'd like to ask you what you're gonna do with all of that. The point isn't to recapture our youth. The point is to take an assessment of where your life is right now and what you can reasonably do about it. And I wanna leave you with this. Some of you may know this and some of you may not, but I have had cancer twice, once when I was 44 and again when I was 47, and it was a long, (laughs) harrowing ordeal, but I'm six years past the second one and doing great. But this is what I want to tell you. Your body is your vehicle for life, and your life matters. You are probably in your 40s or 50s or 60s listening to this, and I want to tell you how important it is to go out and tackle the things that are bothering you, to go out and face yourself, to go out and make the changes that will result in a healthier body, because your life and your body are not separate things. I don't care how we've been encouraged to think about them. That is not a true story. What is true is that how you care for yourself opens up different ideas and challenges and Life satisfaction and how we see ourselves and all of those things matter greatly. So I want to thank you for listening to the final episode of season one, which was free yourself. And in it, what I was trying to do was show you all the different ways in which we are trapped in our thinking and therefore trapped in the solutions that we seek. I hope you learned a ton. And what I most want you to do going forward is take good care. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about weight loss without dieting or anything about my approach, I encourage you to go to notanotherdiet.co front slash loss for life. I have a fabulous webinar that you can sign up for and learn a ton and get access to my program. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next season.